This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today... Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University it's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. We talked to our resident renaissance man, Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service today. So that means we're talking bass fishing. That means we're talking turkey. And that means we're talking edibles. Plus, his first ever Fast Five. It's all coming up. <laughs> Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. I'm Bruce Jean, and this is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, we're checking in with Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service. It's been, uh, well, it's been a, well, it's been a little too long. Let's just put it that way. Matt, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's been a while. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, we got into fishing season, and we were busy with these different walleye tournaments. And as I was busy with the Knights of Columbus walleye tournament, I'm checking social media. I'm seeing you catch a, some just monster bass. <laughs> yeah, my my son dictates a lot of my uh, a lot of my days off now, so um, so a lot more fishing on my days off than I than I normally do, and. Uh, and he's been wanting to chase smallies and crappies and all these different things, which is kind of fun because uh, if he wanted to chase walleyes, I think I'd have to put him up for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, well, I love the walleyes, but uh, but if I had to chase them every day on my days off, I, I don't think I could handle it. You know, uh, I got to tell you, that seems to be a growing phenomenon, which I think is healthy in, in our neck of the woods, is that willingness and that desire, actually, to fish multiple species rather than just focus on one yeah i i actually did a guide trip last night and uh when i picked them up from the resort i was like what are we what are we chasing i brought the kitchen sink i didn't know what you guys wanted to go after you didn't specify and they're like we we want to catch everything and uh <laughs> we actually uh, i got it out of coals on big turtle and uh we caught pretty much everything you can possibly catch on big turtle aside from like a dogfish or a burbot um so it was it was really fun like 
not having the pressure of, oh, we have to find this or we have to find that. Um, but then it started to become a game. I'm like, okay, what's left in this lake? We need a walleye crappie. <laughs> so then, then it was a, a game with myself trying to make sure they got a little bit of everything. But those trips are absolutely a blast. And for the clients, like, you know, if you kind of pigeonhole yourself into one species and, and things are tough and, and you're not willing to go chase something else that it can be a long day and it can be a struggle or a grind. Um, I did a trip the other day and they went to walleyes and I don't know what it was, but I was, I was struggling and Rylander was out the same day and we were on the same lake, just in the same spots. And, uh, and I'm, I'm sure he'll bask in all of his glory hearing this, but he, (laughs) his clients did really well. And, you know, his boat control was better or his setups were better and they, they did really well. And, and we struggled. We, I think we caught the bigger fish, but, uh, but he definitely caught more. And it was, it was one of those days where I was struggling. And at the same time, I kept looking at the shoreline and I'm like, I know for a fact that the crappies and bluegills are up, <laughs> up shallow. And with how this day's going, I'd love to go up there, but the clients just wanted to you know, strictly chase walleyes. And we, we ended up doing all right toward the end, but it was, it was a little bit of a grind. And, uh, had, had they been more open to changing things up, you know, the numbers would have been a, a lot different because uh, we could have went up and chased some, some panfish and would have been a blast. But like I said, we salvaged it. But, uh, but yeah, if you're willing to go after anything and, uh, kind of let your guide dictate it and, and you just want to have fun and catch fish, those days are, those days are a lot of fun. Well, I got to tell you, uh, I think that we are kind of in that um, sweet spot, right, where pretty much everything's biting for another couple of weeks. And as you know, July heats up, walleyes will start to slow down, and not all places, a lot of places, muskies will start to heat up. But really, outside of muskies, we're kind of in the sweet spot right now. Yeah, in in my opinion, I've I mean, it's been a really busy spring, and I, I've been out most days and I, I feel like we're right toward the tail end of like the the best fishing um of the year like last week i would say was the best i mean like you could go out catch a limit of walleyes if you wanted you could go out and catch a limit of bluegills if you wanted you could catch a limit of pretty much anything you wanted uh last week and now you know the crappies are post-spawn and the bluegills are in a state of confusion some are pre-spawn some are on beds um, the walleyes have started to scatter. The lakes are like slime balls. <laughs> you know, they're, they're ready for the algae bloom. Um, so, you know, give me last week over this week, uh, <laughs> 10 times out of 10, because while the fishing is still really good, uh, like last night we absolutely crushed and, and everything bit, having to take all the slime off the hooks. You know, especially when you're with clients who don't fish very often or doing a new technique that they're maybe not used to. Um, taking that slime off constantly or, you know, dealing with having to move a little more often than, than I would have last week. I, I, I would take last week. But, yes, it is still, I would still say we're still in that zone where everything is really active and you can kind of go out and pick your poison if you want to catch bass. You can go do that really easily. If you want to go catch walleyes, you can find those really easily. Uh, finding the right ones or the right numbers might be a little different. Uh, but for the walleye fishermen right now, I would just bring 
bring a few extra tools. Don't go out and say, oh, I'm in a jig today. And uh, if they don't go on a jig, you know, they might be 40, 40 yards away. And if you had a leech on or a crawler, you could do way better. So uh, you bring a few different things, you're going to do really well. Uh, I even started finally catching a few on crankbaits. So uh, I, I'm probably going to force feed them crankbaits pretty soon just because bait is so expensive. <laughs> but uh, but that's even starting to kick off. So it, it is a really fun time of year. You know, um, we were talking. You were talking about uh, big turtle a little earlier. I think, uh, and, and that's always been one of your favorites. And you've mentioned that before. But I think we are pretty spoiled when we live in an area where a lake that awesome can be that overlooked. I don't know that it is anymore. Uh, <laughs> and maybe, really? I, maybe I shouldn't be talking about it. But I, <laughs> it's too late now. You've been talking about it for years. <laughs> well, I, you know, when I first moved to Bemidji, the first place I lived was. Uh, in a little cabin on Big Turtle, and uh, you know, I, I spent like five or six years living on Big Turtle. So, and you know, had a good relationship with coals and and white pines, and did a lot of my guiding out of there. So, so it's easy for me to like that lake because it was it was home for many years, and I, you know, I could keep my boat in the water and didn't have to tow it from place to place. And and uh, you know, you can always find something biting out there. It's you know, not the greatest lake in the area. For walleyes, it's not the greatest crappie lake. It's not the greatest bluegill lake, but it's good enough for all those things where you don't really have to go anywhere else. But, uh, but yeah, this year I've I've had to park on the highway several times. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, so it's I definitely wouldn't say it's totally overlooked, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a little uh, and we have hundreds of those. Oh yeah, hundreds. Uh, you know, places like. And I'm not trying to spoil anybody's favorites, but, you know, places like Kitchy or Andrusia or Big Lake. Like, I, I go to Big Lake, and the fishing is incredible, and there's nobody at the access ever. Um, so we have tons of those in the area, and we are definitely spoiled when it comes to that. And, uh, and it's nice to be able to kind of throw a dart. Yeah. I know me and Jason were talking the other day, and he's like, where are you going tomorrow? And I'm like, I need to change the scenery. I think I'm going to go to Bemidji because I, I've hardly been on Bemidji this year at all. And he's like, yeah, I need to change the scenery too. I'm, I'm going somewhere off the, off the beaten path. So he went down some gravel road and got some walleyes. And I went to Bemidji and got some walleyes and it was, it was nice to just change up the scenery. And I fought, uh, I fought the Bemidji grind hard <laughs> all spring. I'm like, before before I'm stuck guiding every day on Bemidji, I want to fish other lakes every day. <laughs> but but now uh, now I think now I think I'm stuck. I don't do Bemidji pretty much every day aside from a few trips out on Turtle. Maybe I'll get the rare one elsewhere. But uh, but I'll be on Bemidji pretty much the rest of the season now. So. I love that uh, very very good description. He went down a gravel road. Thanks for that. <laughs> you like that? I do. Yeah, it's very helpful. Uh, (laughs) more cryptic advice from matt brewer is coming up and his first ever fast five too this is fish and paul bunyan country if you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors northwest technical college might be the perfect fit Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, 
health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Chuck Hassey of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. When last we left our fine radio program, Matt Brewer of North Country Guides was being very obtuse about where the hot fishing spots were. Let's see if we can get him to be a little more acute. Hey, are you going to tell us where you caught those big smallies, by the way, or not? No. I guess we can't. Hey, I had to try. Oh, I I, I might have been down by Park Rapids, or I might have been on Big Turtle, or I might have been on Island Lake. I, I could have been anywhere. Never know. Okay. Uh, the the people who, who are into smallmouth fishing probably know one of the four lakes I was on. So it's... Uh, <laughs> but this time of year when they're on the beds, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to brag and say, oh, yeah, look at, you know, look how well we did. It's it's not hard to catch them when they're either on the beds or adjacent to beds post-spawn. You know, you find a rock pile on a lake that has smallmouth, and you can catch them pretty easy. And uh, the size is, you know, it's just a coin flip. If it bites and it's big, you love it. And if it bites and it's small, you still love it. You just don't take a picture. <laughs> so. You know, uh, what, what's really cool about, you know, this area in the last several years is, you know, we've had throughout the fishing world, you know, some not-so-happy changes when it comes to, like, AIS and things like that. But the yeah. growth of smallmouth uh, populations in so many more lakes up here, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good change. Yeah, and it was... I mean, it was all thanks to uh, one uh, air quotes accidental drop of a of a few <laughs> smallmouth into one lake, and and they really took off and spread out through the river system. And you know, there's there are like five five viable lakes uh, where you can go smallmouth fishing now. That uh, you know, 20 years ago when I started guiding, so 21 years now, um, they they didn't have smallmouth in them. Right. So, and even, you know, muskies have started to expand too. So, um, you know, lakes are definitely changing. Um, you know, I, I've seen it over the course of, of my life and my career. Like, Bemidji is a prime example. When I was out there, uh, Monday, it, it, it's a totally different lake than it was last year, this time of year. Um, the zebra mussels and rusty crayfish have changed the dynamic of the lake and, and it's just a whole different animal. And some of these lakes, like Cass Lake is a prime example. Uh, you know, a lot of people had to relearn, including me. I had to relearn how to fish Cass Lake. Like, it, it was like starting all over again. The fish were still in the same areas, um, a lot of the same areas. But some of the spots I used to fish are completely dead. I haven't caught a fish on them in a couple of years. And I keep going back to them because I'm like, oh, I remember, you know, a guy trip out here where we caught 50 one day. And... Now there aren't fish on them anymore, so uh, the lakes are changing and everything's changing. Uh, things have evolved. Like I, I have people ask me all the time. They're like, "Oh, where'd you catch them? How'd you, how'd you do? Were you marking them on side imaging and then casting at them?" And I'm like, "I don't even have side imaging. Like, <laughs> I, 
I don't have 90% of this technology that's out today. So angling itself is, is different. I mean, it's, it's a whole different world. I, I still prefer just lining up, you know, that tree and that cabin and dropping anchor and, and pitching around and, and fishing, fishing those old memories. And I'll be that old guy one day that just gets rid of all of his electronics and talks about the good old days when you didn't need any of that stuff. Well, you, you sound like that old guy already. Oh, I know. When, <laughs> when, when all I have are two nine inch screens in my boat, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm the old guy who doesn't have very good electronics now. <laughs> so if you, if you don't have a 52 inch LCD with uh, side imaging and, and fish attracting sonar, then you're, you're just out of the loop. I think it was uh, Dwayne Peterson I was talking to, and I said, you know what, I should, we should have a fishing tournament with no electronics. And he says, well, that would be interesting if you want a fishing tournament that no one will come to. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I would go to that tournament. I know you would. <laughs> me, me, and, me and Dwayne, we, we could just hammer it out. <laughs> um, speaking, so I would, of the Peters, yeah. speaking of the Petersons, I have to give a huge shout-out to Jason Charlie for being two big bass heads that went out and just dominated a major walleye tourney. And uh, I called him. I, Like I said, I hadn't been on Bemidji all year, and I guided out there the other day. And and I'm like, I'm, like, I'm sorry to bug you, King, but, uh, <laughs> but there's slime in every spot I fish. Did you guys find this? And he's like, yeah, it's terrible. And I'm, like, asking him about, uh, you know, I didn't want to infringe on any of his spots or ask him for spots, but I'm like, how are, how are you getting away from this? Where where are you fishing that you're not having to take uh, slime off your jig every single day? And he was super helpful, and that's a great kid and well-deserved tourney win. So. Absolutely uh, great. The whole clan, that whole Peterson clan, I love those guys. and Really good people and uh, excellent anglers. And how could you not be great if you're Jason Charlie when you've heard it from about three generations of people from the time you were about two, day in, day out, you know? Oh, don't take away from them. They're, they're just good anglers. Well, they, no, they are. They are. They are. <laughs> you know, lots of people hear lots of uh, great advice and don't listen to it, and uh, they do, and then they've uh, converted that into knowledge and then, of course, added their own knowledge to it. And it's, uh, yeah, that was, that was a pretty impressive performance. If, so. they're, if they're anything like my kid... I, I can I can attest to the fact that he doesn't listen to anything I say, <laughs> and that everything he catches he does on his own because when he catches it he's doing the exact opposite of what I tell him he should be doing. So, <laughs> wow! So if, if any if anybody ever tries to tie be, him him being a good fisherman to being my son, it's not my fault because <laughs> <laughs> he's because he, he's not listening to me. He's Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service talking about all kinds of topics, and we've got more to come next, including his first ever fast buy. This is Toby Cavallivac. All of us at LOA are proud to make Kev Jackson sound smart. Sort of. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. 
fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji, headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park, beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service, my guest. We've been talking fishing, but there's so much more to the Matt milieu. Let's talk about something else, because I know you do so many other things. How was turkey season for you? Uh, turkey season was really good. We did very well, but we limited our turkey season so much this year. It was just, like, time constraints, and and uh, I was on assignment for a couple of things that were not, not very uh, exotic, I'll say, like... Uh, Going to North Dakota for a turkey hunt wasn't exactly my dream when I'm <laughs> normally hunting, you know, like Kansas or Missouri or Florida or something like that. So, you know, you, you go, oh, I get to go to North Dakota. That wasn't wasn't exactly like my happy place, but we did well over there, and and uh, we did really well in Minnesota. We had some absolutely incredible hunts in Minnesota, including um, my wife, who turkey hunt. She's turkey hunting with me once ever until this year and she prefers to go with her girlfriends and as she always has these great hunts and great stories with her girlfriends but she wasn't successful um on her weekend trip with with her buddy so i woke her up one morning and i'm like let's go turkey hunting and she's like no and like an hour later i woke her up again i'm like i'm still awake we need to go turkey hunting today and finally talked her into it and we had a Tom strut and gobble in front of us for 55 minutes and, and she finally, you know, finally killed him in full strut. So that was really cool and special to sit down next to my wife. It was the first turkey we've ever killed together. Really? And, uh, wow. you know, it, it's, it's not because, uh, we don't like each other. <laughs> she just, she's got her turkey friends and I've got my turkey friends. And that was really special. But, uh, but yeah, we, we did really well. We just didn't get to go. Uh, a lot of to a lot of different states and and when you only get to kill like you know two or three a year it gets a little depressing when when you're an addict like <laughs> I, if, if i could travel to like one year i killed like eight turkeys and if i could just do that every year i'd probably be a little happier <laughs> you know that's another thing that has kind of changed the dynamic up in, in this area where we didn't have wild turkeys until the last decade or so. And that's just the number of guys I'm seeing on social media that I typically see doing a bunch of fish pictures in May. Uh, now I'm seeing turkey pictures in May, and I'm not seeing fish pictures till June for some of these guys. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I know. But you're, you're not alone in that. There's a lot of people. No, yeah. It's a, it's a huge growing sport. I Like, I... Kind of like you, social media. I saw a few people that are diehard fishermen, and uh, all of a sudden, I I saw a picture of them with a turkey, and they're like, oh, "I killed my first turkey this year. It was really fun." And I'm like, "Holy cow! I didn't even know that person owned a gun." <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, it's a growing sport, and and unfortunately, um, and it's it's hard for a lot of people around here to believe because we're starting to see turkeys all over, but the turkey populations are in trouble across the country so um there's a lot of states that are really cutting back on on their license availability and amount of birds you can kill and tightening their seasons and stuff like that but you know for us up here we're looking at it going that's not true there's birds showing up everywhere and there didn't used to be but um 
but as a whole, over across mm. the country, it's a little concerning. Turkey numbers are, are going down a bit. So, what's uh, what's causing that? Do you know? Uh, habitat, just like everything else, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then uh, some birds were impacted by the, that bird flu swath that happened, and um, you know, mo- mostly habitat. And obviously, changing climates and you start to mother, mother nature starts to mess with the natural order of things and uh, and animals that have been doing the same thing year after year their entire lives starts to change things so yeah. wetter spring or a drier spring changes changes everything so. right you know it's uh, uh but up here like we say where it's just getting started what's what what i think makes it so popular is it's uh you know before you can really get into fishing sometimes because the lakes are still frozen over, you can get outside and do something again. It's, you know, it's a warmer weather hunt than uh, most of our hunting seasons. Yeah, it, it's a it's a great filler. And, like, for me, I, I always, I spent many years looking for that filler. You know, like, ice fishing season would end, and I, you know, I'd go turkey hunting with my family down in Rochester, if we were lucky enough to draw a tag back in the days, you know, a lot of, a lot of people listening probably don't remember it. Like we only had turkeys down in that hill country in uh, Southeast Minnesota. And you had to apply for a tag. And there were like less than a hundred tags at one point in Minnesota total. And you had to, dra- <laughs> you had to draw one. And, uh, if we were lucky enough to draw, that gave us something to do for a weekend. But, uh, if you didn't draw one, you just had to sit around and wait for the ice to go away so you could so you could uh, go summer fishing. But uh, but then I found snow goose hunting and got addicted to that for a while. But then it was like, you know, you're traveling, you're away from home, and then my, I started having kids, and my kids started getting older, and then it's like, oh yeah, I got to find something a little easier. And then and then it became full full on turkeys, and now that's all I want to do all year. <laughs> um, speaking of hunting, something you do this time of year and probably earlier as well is you're you're an edible hunter as well. And uh, you know it was awfully dry last year and awfully tough. I gotta think it's a little bit better this year. Yeah, it was a phenomenal morel season, um, and now and now we're kind of past it. Actually, Tate he has a job this year, so that's kind of cool but he came home the other day from work and he had two morels and he's like they're still going i'm like what <laughs> in june and uh now now we're kind of looking for asparagus in the ditches and and uh you know fishing is is going strong now so i'll kind of take break from edibles here until uh, summer edible season starts in late june early july and uh and i'll kind of get back after it but it was a really good morel season i think uh, anybody who chases mushrooms will tell you that this this was a banner year. So, well, yeah, we, it lasted. It lasted a long time too. Did it? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, after last year, you deserve that. Yeah, <laughs> I think everybody's cupboards were probably empty uh, when it came to mushrooms. It was last year was absolutely terrible uh, with the basically drought. Uh, we we had. Uh, about a week and a half maybe of decent picking last year and, and then it was over and summer edibles really never materialized i mean we'd go out and find patches here and there and you know three or four days after a rare rain 
you'd go out and you'd pick a few, but it was it was downright slow. And this year, it's been good, and hopefully, it continues to be good. The downside is if we get rain like we have been, then I have to mow like once a week. <laughs> and after last year, only having to mow like three times all all summer, it's a it's a change because finding time to finding a five hour chunk to do my lawn during the week is pretty difficult. <laughs> so yeah. I haven't haven't liked having to do that every week so far. But. Matt, you don't have to do it. Just you're, help the pollinators. Don't mow. Help <laughs> yeah. the pollinators. That's what I should do. I should just tell my wife that we need to let our let our land go back to natural prairie and that we're helping the, the meadow lark. Yes. Exactly. And that's the that's the end of the discussion. <laughs> Well, have you heard anybody do the Fast Five yet? Are you familiar with no. the Fast Five? No, I don't think I am. Well, the Fast Five is something we do now uh, pretty much every time you're going to be on because I've like put together like 100 and some questions. Anyway, we ask you five oh, quick questions to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Uh, and, and this first batch, uh, I think I'm going to know the bulk of the answers. Not not all of them, but the bulk of the answers because uh, they're, they're outdoor-oriented at first. We'll get into... Other details of your life in later interviews. But are you, okay. are you ready? I'm ready. Fast five. Did I stutter? Question number one. What is your favorite fish to catch? Smallmouth bass. Didn't know that Oh, one. God, that's a tough one. <laughs> Question. Lake trout in the winter, smallmouth bass in the summer. Okay. Question number two. What is your favorite fish to eat? Um, perch. The next two are non-outdoor questions, but uh, I'm curious as to the answer to this one. Question number three. What is the best Star Wars movie? Uh, A New Hope. Going going old school. Yeah, you gotta go old school. All the way back to the beginning. Yeah. I'd say it's either that or Empire Strikes Back, one of those two. All right, number five. What was your favorite subject in school? Recess. <laughs> no, uh, probably English. Like I, I've always enjoyed writing, um, so English, English was the the least painful. <laughs> I actually said that was question five. That was actually question four. Here is question number five, and I think I know the answer to this one too because we just talked about it. What is your favorite thing to hunt? Uh, turkeys. Yeah. And if you had asked me a couple of years ago, I I still would have said grouse. And it's really hard for me not, not to say rough grouse. Um, but if I'm being honest with myself, the addiction, the feeling I have for turkeys is, is stronger. But grouse season lasts longer. So, But, but yeah, for sure turkeys. All right, there it is, your first Fast Five. You did pretty good. Those were, those were, am I easy? <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already looking back on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, well, we'll get into a lot of other topics that could be very controversial in the future. Well, Matt, if people like want <laughs> if people want to go fishing with you and, uh, you know, hunting with you and whatever else it is you lead people in in the outdoors, how do they get uh, signed up and ready to go? Yeah, if you want to reach me or any any of the team, uh, just go to northcountryguides.com. 
I will say our website hasn't been updated since uh, 2018, but you can get a hold of us, um, you know, phone, uh, email, whatever, social media, they're all listed there. So it's the easiest way to contact us. Fun guy to have on the show because he's kind of the renaissance guy of the outdoors. Uh, there isn't anything in the outdoors, I don't think, that he doesn't do. Still no wild rice. I've done it. Okay, you've got to do Come on, man. you <laughs> got to do that. This year that I didn't. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see if he will. We'll find out in the future if he ever finds his way to the wild rice beds. In the meantime, Matt Brewer, thanks for your time today and enjoy the summer. Thanks, Kev. Hey, don't forget, if you didn't catch all the interview or you'd like to listen at a time that's more convenient for you, there's always a podcast version that oftentimes features even more content than the radio version. You can find it on the website, kbunsportsradio.com or kb101fm.com. Click on podcasts. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Or you can subscribe at Podcast One on the Pod MN app, where you'll get hundreds of Minnesota-based podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Matt Brewer for being here, as always. Great stuff coming up later in the week. We're going to hear from Nate Blazing on the Brainerd Lakes fishing scene. We're going to t- take a look at the Duluth Superior scene with Jared Houston as well, and we've got a Lake of the Week coming up too. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for being here. We'll talk again tomorrow. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. <laughs>